0: Coming to you live from my parents' house. We got episode 23 of the Changavi Show. What's up, everybody? Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everybody is having a great day. Um, yeah, we're we're live at the parents' house. We got a full show today. It's gonna be a little bit different of a show. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, you know, obviously, as you guys know, this week is is The week, it's Super Bowl week, hence my jersey, hence me wearing this, and hence the tagline, if you guys can see on YouTube, the 49ers should be here, because frankly, they should. But this week on the Changavi Show, we're going to do something a little different. Um, it's not gonna be the same format that you guys are used to with like these you know, my vibes and then sports, music, blah, blah, blah. It's gonna be a little different this week. We're gonna do a we're gonna do an update section first, and uh, I'm gonna talk to you about a couple things that have been happening this week with some of our past headlines that we talked about in the last couple weeks here. And then I'm gonna do a little breakdown of the Super Bowl. Um It's come to my attention and not really like come to my attention, so to speak, but like more so me kind of realizing that like there are a lot of people out there that don't really know what's going on with the Super Bowl. And I was like, say less. I can provide you that content and help you break that down um, into something that hopefully can be a little bit more understandable and a little bit more approachable than just watching ESPN and watching NFL Live and watching these analysts like get into the deeps uh film analysis of Joe Burrow's uh throw on 3rd and 15th the slant right like I'm not I'm not going to try to do that I want to break down the Super Bowl for my non-sports fans out there so even though we're talking Super Bowl I'm telling you non-sports fans stick with me I'm telling you this is going to be worth it so you can impress your significant other your friends whatever it may be and then and then lastly to cap off the show we're going to talk a little bit about the day after the Super Bowl which is Valentine's Day Um, so for my Bengals or my Rams fans, it could be a really rough day for you if you, if you have a significant other out there, but also we're going to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Valentine's day Then we're, you know, some other stuff related to Valentine's day as well. So stick with me. It's a little different of a show, but we try new formats here. That's what we're known for. It's 2022. So let's go. And by the way, in terms of my vibes, I'm doing absolutely motherfucking great. So you don't need to ask about me. Um, And you know, I'm doing, I'm doing good. It's been, it's been a solid week. It's been a good week of work. So let's get right into the show because why not? Okay. So let's go with our update section. First, listen, the first person I got to give an update on is Joe Rogan. Okay. Joe, Joseph Rogan. I don't even know if Joseph is his real name, but I actually, so I dropped that Shane show last Friday, last week. Um, and literally right after a bunch of Rogan stuff started coming out, a bunch more art, a bunch of artists actually started pulling their music off Spotify, turned into a huge deal right after I pulled it. So I didn't even really have the full information. Uh, I know I talked a little bit about misinformation because that's what I feel like Joe Rogan is spreading, depending on your views on the vaccine. I've talked to, se- I've talked to a few people who actually think that what he's saying is true, that like Rems Devere and shit works. I don't personally agree with that point of view, but if you do, I- You know what? Uh, I have, you know, I you you follow whatever information you trust. That was what we talked about on the last episode. But anyway, listen, Joe Rogan. Okay, basically what happened right after the Joe Rogan segment dropped right after I basically dropped that, like the next day, uh, I want to say it was a musician or like a group. Uh, or somebody dropped this whole ass montage of Joe Rogan basically saying the N word over like a period of like five or six years, I believe. And it was basically him saying the N word. Uh, multiple times. I think it was over 50 or 60 times. It had to be. Uh, it was a crazy amount of times in different interviews, different contexts, of course, but he nonetheless was saying the N word. And so obviously that is a huge headline, you know, a big internet celebrity, someone with a massive platform saying the N word a bunch of times. The video was like five minutes long. So you can do with that what you will. Uh, I actually like, I saw the video, I saw part of it. And then like, I don't, I cannot find it anywhere. I tried looking for it a couple days ago, but, uh, no, no success. So if anybody has the link, uh, I'll, I want to watch it. I want to actually, I want to actually like see the context to some of this. Cause I, I know it was like 70 times. I saw like five that told me more than I needed to know. Anyway, the video, from what I know, the full video was like five minutes long. Um, he obviously, uh, quickly came out and publicly apologized for the issue, uh, as you know, most public figures would do in this day and age um and should rightfully do in my opinion when it comes to this word but something doesn't sit right here for me something something didn't sit right with this whole conversation that joe rogan was trying to have um yeah like not in terms of joe rogan himself i think joe rogan acted appropriately but you know i who put out this montage like, that's that's what I'm curious about. Like, who actually went and, like, spent the time to, like, edit together all of these things to, like, purposely cancel Joe Rogan? Obviously, yes. Did he do wrong? Totally. 100%. But, like, going through and, like, putting in that much effort to, like, try to get out a celebrity is, like, I don't know, bro. There, Your life can't be much fun if if that's what you're really spending your time doing, Um, in my opinion. But I think the person putting it out is crazy. Uh, is a little crazy but you know that's that's my opinion um i still believe that like what rogan did was wrong but i think like the person who put it out like we need uh, should we question their motives is that something that we should do i don't know but that's you know a part of the dialogue that i've been having with myself internally um the internet of course did its digging uh you know a lot of freaking rogan stands out there as we all know uh, and the Rogan stands are defending his honor like they're the fucking Knights of the Round Table. Um, and they're like, Joe Rogan does no wrong, he said the N word in historical context. And, like, dude, honestly, like, listen, I'll give the Rogan stands this if this is 2016, I do not believe Joe Rogan would be like that th- if he said it in the historical context and that video was released, people would be like, okay, whatever. But we do live in, you know, the blm era of the world uh you know i i personally don't think i want to make this very clear i personally don't think saying the n-word on any like caught co- on any basis any context matters i don't give a shit if it's historical i don't care anything about that like as a white dude you should not be saying that word as a brown man i shouldn't be saying that word as anything if you're not black you probably shouldn't be saying that word you shouldn't be saying it but you know that is what it is Uh, everyone makes their own decisions and I can't stop everybody from saying it. So, you know, but the internet did defend him. Um, but it's like that for every celebrity, right? You have your super fans, you have your stands and they defend you. That's just, that just kind of happens. Um, but for now, you know, I, I think that in terms of the battle between Joe Rogan and Spotify and this battle of misinformation, what does this whole N word stuff have to do with that? And I think honestly, right now, There is so much pressure on Joe Rogan, uh, and the relationship with Spotify. I mean, Spotify removed a lot of the episodes in which he said his, in in which he said the N word and stuff. So they quietly did that. Um, but there's a big battle going on now because you have a lot of artists who are suddenly coming out of the woodwork and pulling out their music from Spotify, um, sorry no one really that big name has pulled out yet from what I can believe um I think it's it's a lot of like indie music artists and people kind of underground so far so no one really crazy big in my opinion uh like no one mainstream like Beyonce hasn't pulled their music because of this but it's interesting now that you bring in race as an element here it's not just misinformation about COVID vaccines it's not just the interview with Robert Malone and all of this stuff it's this whole element that Joe Rogan has said these things, uh, and has, you know, said the N word on public record multiple times. Now that you bring in race as an element, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how Spotify reacts here, because as we know in today's society, race is an incredibly sensitive topic. And so once you really disregard the barriers for that, and once you are looked at in that light, like, ah, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I am just very curious to see how, this whole sort of situation plays out over time should be very interesting to follow but will be a situation i continue to follow here um but i just want to give you the quick update on what i thought about joe rogan and the n-word situation that he's been uh dealing with um and how it's going to relate here to this battle that he's been fighting with spotify so stay tuned uh probably we'll update you guys more uh as more information comes to light uh, if anything crazy happens, I will let you know. But as of now, it remains at a very weird standstill. So that is very interesting. Uh, yeah. And the second person I wanted to update you guys with, we talked about her a couple weeks ago. She has been killing it the last month. Um, absolutely killing it. And for some more positive news. She signed a record deal. Stacey Ryan. I was freaking right, guys. I was freaking right. I told everybody. I told everyone, I said, watch out for this girl. She's changing the music industry and people were like, "Oh, it's TikTok." Like I talked to my friends about it. They're like, "Dude, it's just some TikTok girl. She's not going to do anything." Like, what are you saying? She's not even that good. Record Deal. Record Deal. She just signed a record deal with Island Records out in New York City. Um, Stacy Ryan. Uh, she is one of the first people that I have seen go from like just a TikTok girl posting music clips in her room you know having a decent following to like absolutely blowing up overnight with this open verse challenge um i'm sure like open verse obviously open verse challenges have existed for a while but this is the one that i've seen like really develop and fester into something like massive um there yeah people told me i was tripping people said that these tiktok thing duets wouldn't really go anywhere you know it's just a fun way for like fans to react with like bigger name artists about like the different things they do uh, but then the open verse ha- challenged that her open verse challenge, for those of you that don't know who Stacy Ryan is, basically what happened was she released an open verse challenge where she put like a little verse from a song she was working on, on TikTok called, please don't text me when you're drunk. It goes like this, please don't text me when you're drunk. Yeah. Like that type of voice, obviously can't sing it as good as she can. Uh, people heard their, her voice. They heard the beat. They liked it. Other artists started duetting, kind of giving their own interpretation on it. Um, and she picked someone, uh, an artist that she found, I guess, fit the vibe of the song really well. Then they recorded. And then eventually, like, because the duet and this whole open verse challenge got so much traction, studios started calling, and they eventually got the song recorded um, and released. And it was her debut single. It had like 5 million streams on Spotify. It's doing ridiculously well for an independent artist. Um, and then fast forward to like two days ago, she posted on Instagram. She's a record, si- she's a signed artist. She's signed a record deal and she's with Island Records now. Guys, this is a huge fucking deal. Um, you know, I tried telling you like two weeks ago it was going to happen, but it's a huge fucking deal now. I mean, this whole thing was done through social media. And I know everybody's new favorite hobby is to hate on social media and is to say social media can cause all of these mental health effects. And I'm not denying any of that. This is the truth. But it is fucking crazy what social media can do for people. If Stacy Ryan a month ago was living with her parents, most likely in Montreal. And a month later she has a record deal and is looking and is touring the country, opening for a band, uh, just going off in the music industry, taking a meteoric rise. Why? Because of a TikTok open verse challenge. I cannot, I still cannot wrap my head around it. And I mean, for real, why did I want to update you guys on Stacy's record deal? First of all, like, what a freaking month for her. Congratulations, Stacy Ryan. Like, you beat the game of sorts. Like, you do what every influencer, every content creator gets on social media to do. You You actually built yourself a career out of it. So, congrats. Um, but also like for real, this is one of the first takes I absolutely nailed from the get-go. I saw this take and I just had it in my head and I knew what was going to happen. And it happened exactly like I said it would. Um, and so like for it being one of the first takes that I was right on and nailed on the head, I am so happy for myself. Yay. I'm so happy for myself. This is the best, you know, I, I feel good about myself. Um, so let me bask in my glory and my absolute ego for telling you all, God, for telling all of you that I called it, I called it, I called it. But for real, though, like good, absolute good luck to Stacey. I hope she can continue to live this dream, live it for all of us influencers and content creators out there, make that money as a sign artist. Um, you know, and all of this literally took place because of technology that people call toxic. And listen, it is okay, to a certain extent, but it also can create huge opportunities, uh, I, just so powerful in so many ways, I don't even, I, that's probably such an unpopular opinion, so many people are like, dude, fuck off, you're so wrong, like, this is, the social media is so bad for you, but dude, these opportunities, these opportunities that are there right in front of our very eyes are absolutely insane, it's so cool, and Stacey Ryan is a living example of one of those opportunities that just took place. So that's all I got to say about that. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty incredible. Um, congrats, Stacy Ryan. Uh, and yeah, that was the update. Stacey Ryan has officially become a signed musical artist. Okay, that's it for the update section. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, you know, those two updates, I obviously, you know, we cover so much on this show. It's tough to like keep track of everything. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, you know, occasionally once in a couple weeks, you know, try to find a couple headlines that I have talked about, uh, that I haven't talked about in a while and, and kind of give you guys an updated perspective on those. So those are the two for this week. Um, Stacy Ryan and Joe Rogan, uh, kind of pop culture sort of headlines. Maybe next couple weeks, I'll talk a little bit more about, um, some of the, headlines that i talked about in regards to politics and news and stuff like that i really have been meaning to update you all on the ethiopian civil war um do a little deep dive on that so i will get back to you on that sort of information later but we're talking about the super bowl super bowl super bowl again i i'm really depressed my niners aren't in it Uh, i'm wearing this jimmy garoppolo jersey it's probably one of the last times i can wear it before i get canceled so it's cool uh, it's also the only Niner jersey I own, unfortunately. If you guys want to pay for a jersey of mine, that's cool. But let's let's go right into the Super Bowl, okay? Let's break this down for non-sports fans. Listen, I l- Listen, let's have a conversation, guys. There's a lot of non-sports fans that watch this show, and I know that because they tell me, and they say, get rid of the sports topic, and I say no. And I try, I try my very hardest to get the sports topic to be relatable to not just sports fans, Not just you know, uh, people who know what I'm talking about in regards to sports, but everyone, everyone. I really try. I love sports so much, but I try to relate it to everybody because I want to get more and more people into the sporting world. Um, It's just one of the best things in my life, and I want to share that joy with other people. Um, I also want to share the toxic relationship I have with with my sports teams to everyone. But anyway, listen. I I know I. At, as someone who has witnessed it firsthand, I can I know how hella annoying it can be for all of the, you know, uh, people who are super into football, right? Like picture this, right? You're going to your Super Bowl party and it's a bunch of football fans. All the, you know, it's a bunch of football fans and they're all sitting there on the couch and they know exactly what's going on and they know the storyline and you're just so lost. You're so lost. You're just kind of one of those big pop culture people. Right, who's like really into the mystique of the Super Bowl and like the why we celebrate the Super Bowl and like it's a big deal for the culture, but like you don't really understand the game and you don't really understand like the storylines between the teams and like why we're here and all of that. I'm gonna try to break this down as easy as we possibly can so that you can listen to this and go into your Super Bowl party and impress the fuck out of people. So I'm talking to my non sports fans right here. This is for you, okay. Anuj is going to help you, all right? As a 49ers fan, I have absolutely nothing to lose in this Super Bowl. My team's out. I'm sitting cross-legged. I'm chill. It's good vibes, okay? So let's break down the Super Bowl. Let's have fun, and uh, let's get into it. I'm going to try to break it down again, like in the best possible way that I know how. Um, And I want to tell a story. I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story of how we got here to you guys. Uh, From both sides of the perspective. So for those of you that don't know, the Super Bowl is the final NFL game played in the season. It's basically the final championship. It's the equivalent of the NBA finals. It's the equivalent of the World Series in baseball. It is the final. Oh my gosh. Sorry. It is the final um, tournament. It's like the final game. It's where the two best teams of that season compete. The champion of the NFC, which is one division, it's one side of football, contains... uh, Gosh, I'm already blanking. I think, what, there's 30 teams? 31? 30 teams in football? So it contains 15 teams uh, in the NFC, and there are 15 teams in the AFC. And all 30 teams begin week one. But only two remain by the time the Super Bowl comes. And one of them is the champion of the NFC, and the other one is the champion of the AFC. So they had to... Be the best out of those 15 teams. And so the two teams that we have left are the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. And so I'm going to tell you guys the story of both of those teams. So let's start with the champion of the NFC, the champion of the National Football Conference, the Los Angeles Rams. How the hell did the L.A. Rams get to where we are? How? How did it happen? Let's get into it right now, okay? Okay the los angeles rams they are the equivalent of like a powerhouse team right so they they have all the guys who are super talented and super good but they don't they haven't developed any of those guys not any of those guys have been integrated in the LA community they haven't really been in los angeles for a very long time a lot of these guys are pretty freaking new but they come from various storylines. So let's talk about how the LA Rams got here for a second. Okay. So last off season, literally around this time last year, February of 2021, the Rams traded a bunch of their future assets, which are things that you can use to get players and develop them. And, you know, kind of hopefully win the hard way. They took a bunch of those assets and traded for a win-now quarterback. A guy who was on a losing franchise, but was the constantly the star. He was seen as like a really tough quarterback. He was just in a really bad situation. And the Rams were like, we see the talent. We see the potential. We think he can take us to the Super Bowl championship. Let's trade for him. And so they traded a lot of their future assets and their quarterback last year. Their starting quarterback, they traded all of that for this guy by the name of Matthew Stafford, who is supposedly, or who is the win-now quarterback that they traded for, okay? We're going to talk a little bit about all the players and exactly what they relate to later, okay? So they traded for Matthew Stafford, right? Okay, so that was like, that happened this time last year. So, you know, life goes on, time goes on. And basically after that, uh, they, you know, have done the same thing in a lot of regards throughout the season. They basically have made a lot of moves like the Matthew Stafford move in which they traded a bunch of future assets that they could, you know, use to develop the slow way and bring players in who are rookies and all of that. They'd traded much more of those future assets, for win now guys for guys who are in crappy situations who wanted to get out and wanted to win the super bowl so they traded for this guy by the name of odell beckham jr we'll talk a little bit about him later he's a star wide receiver and von miller who's a star pass rusher quick tip pass rusher means rushing the quarterback so like you're going to try to get the quarterback before he throws the ball so he loses yards okay anyway that's besides the point so the rams though they're star-studded, okay. They they made a lot of these moves. They got this new quarterback, right? It's like a it's a kid with a bunch of his new toys, and there are a bunch of new guys out there. Um, but they they have a few oldies too, and we're gonna talk a little bit about them later. Like I mentioned, we're gonna talk the whole cast of characters later, but this is the story. So they these guys, you know, they 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 have a bunch of stars. It's L.A., it's Los Angeles, it's Hollywood, and this team replicates the city that they're from they have guys by the name of Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey Cooper Cup Von Miller these are guys that you are going to hear throughout the Super Bowl game as being kind of game-changing players for the Rams they are all amongst the best of their positions they like I said heading into the season Everyone expected this team to be a win now team. This was a team that a bunch of the guys had been traded from other organizations to come to LA to hopefully be able to win a Super Bowl. And so, what happened? How did what's the path to the Super Bowl? What happened here? So, they started off the year exactly as they predicted. They started out extremely hot. They won a bunch of games to begin the season. Their passing attack was seen as elite. Uh, Matthew Stafford, the once, you know, the, the quarterback I was talking about, who was in that loser situation was finally being recognized by the national media. He won a bunch of games. He was, they were all winning a bunch of games and then November hit and they lost one of their star wide receivers to a torn ACL, but all, uh, and what a torn ACL means in sports is that you're out for the year. So they lost one of their star guys and he was out for the year and then the whole team, like, cooled down. Like, it was just, they came to a halt. They hit a wall. They lost a bunch of games in a row. The San Francisco 49ers beat them. Um, I was at that game, week 10, in Santa Clara, they beat them. Um, but, even despite all of this, they somehow managed to win. they They had won enough games at that point, to the point where they didn't, they had gotten off to such a hot start to the point where they didn't even need to like win more games. So they, they lost and they were kind of up and down for the rest of the year, but they, they made the playoffs relatively comfortably and they, they won the division because they had a pretty big lead. Um, but then they hit the playoffs and for those of you that know sports. And for those of you that don't know sports, the playoffs is the biggest time of the year. This is where you pay your guys to show up and the Rams have showed up. A switch hit. That same switch that was turned off in November suddenly looked like it was turned on again in January. And the difference makers that were looking like they were old and aged and looked like the Rams had made, the mis- made mistakes by trading their future assets away were all of a sudden turning on the switch and performing at an extremely high level. That quarterback, Matthew Stafford, played way better. Aaron Donald, their star pass rusher, continued to play well. Von Miller started to get into stride. They traded for him in the middle of the season. So, it, And same with Odell Beckham Jr., that receiver I was talking about earlier. They traded for these guys in the middle of the season, so it took them a while to really acquaint with the team, to vibe with the guys. But now they all vibe together, and all of the stars started playing well all at once. It's like a super team, and they all kind of started to hit on all cylinders. That being said, though, they still had their struggles in the playoffs. It's the playoffs. You struggle. This is how you, you don't get to the Super Bowl. Very rarely you get to the Super Bowl by dominating teams, and the Rams have not been able to do that. You know, uh, Besides their first playoff game, they really haven't dominated teams. Their f- second playoff game, they played Tom Brady in the divisional round. They had to go to Tampa Bay and play an absolute – War of a game where they went up early. They were up, they had a huge lead early, but Tom Brady stormed all the way back. But Matthew Stafford, that quarterback they traded for, came through and he found a defensive mismatch and won the Rams that game with that one play. And listen, the Rams were also down 10 points in the fourth quarter to this team, to the team that I wear the jersey on my back. They were down 10 points in the fourth quarter. But they came back and, you know, listen, they got a little lucky, but they, they they came back. You know, I don't really want to talk about it, to be honest, but they, they came back and they won. They beat us fair and square. And now they're here. Now they're in the Super Bowl. And that that is what it is. The Los Angeles Rams are the champion of the NFC. But here's the thing. The Rams don't really have that big of a fan base, right? You, f- you think with sports, you think of a lot of people who are like, yeah, like that's my team, ride or die. You think of people like me, right? People like me who are absolute losers who sit in their room watching highlights, watching game film, all 22, right? Investing their lives in things that absolutely in the grand scheme of things probably don't matter. They don't have a lot of those fans in LA because the team literally came there three years ago. So this isn't really the type of, you know, city that has a football crowd. And frankly, the interest really isn't there. It's not. So in terms of the vibe in Los Angeles, they're happy, I'm sure. But the fan base is not diehard. Like the next team I'm going to talk about right now. We talked about the Rams story. But we haven't talked about the champion of the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals. And frankly, you know how I talked about the Rams being the biggest powerhouse and with a bunch of midseason acquisitions and, you know, got a bunch of star players. The Cincinnati Bengals are the opposite of the Rams. They're kind of the underdogs. If you've seen Friday Night Lights, they're the equivalent of Matt Saracen. They're that underdog quarterback who's just thrust into the spotlight and found a way to Get to the championship. Listen, for the most part of history, Cincinnati has been a horrible franchise. They rarely make the playoffs. They don't win a lot of games. They are pretty much out of it by November. um, And the city has come to expect the same. They've barely won playoff games up until this year. But how how did this team, the Cincinnati Bengals from Ohio, Make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Listen, at the start of this year, no one even expected this team to be in the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl. So how did they get here? Well, let's start off by talking a little bit about their makeup. Listen, they're young. This is a young team. They got a lot of young players. You know, I was talking about the Rams. They're really, they're pretty old. A lot of those guys they got, the acquisitions, they're in their late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s for some of them. The Cincinnati Bengals, a lot of them are like three or four years older than me. That's it. That's it. They're young. They've developed a lot of guys. A lot of the guys have been there for a long time. They're integrated within the Cincinnati community. A lot of fans know exactly their roster. They know these guys. They've seen them. And, you know, it's mixed in with a few veterans, but it's a very young team. This is a young Cincinnati Bengals team. And the fan base, you know how I was talking about how L.A. doesn't have a fan base, how they just got here three years ago. The Cincinnati Bengals fan base is the most, probably one of the most die-hard fan bases in all of football. They're a small market team. No one talks about them ever unless they're decent. And they come from a small town where there isn't a lot of sports. The Cincinnati Bengals have been there since the 60s. They're one of the first franchises in the NFL. And they they may not be the biggest brand in football, but their fans love them. And you see a lot of videos of Cincinnati Bengals fans at Cincinnati games. It's a tough place to play. They make it loud. Yeah, this is a cool fan base for sure. And they stick with their guys. Listen, the Cincinnati Bengals, who, who are the characters here? They have a really young quarterback who was drafted last year. Uh not this year, but last year, uh, with the number one overall pick by the name of Joe Burrow. We're going to talk a little bit about him later. And then they got, and then, you know, and he played pretty well last year. But the problem was he got really badly injured, and no one expected him to come back and perform the way he did this year. But he's come back, and he's shown a lot of people grit and determination to even, like, be back out there his knee injury was very serious and he rehabbed and rehabbed and rehabbed and got right and his play has arguably been better than his rookie season in which he had a really good rookie season comparatively to the other quarterbacks um and then you know he went down and got hurt he's also shown him tremendous improvement in general then you have the star wide receiver of the cincinnati Bengals. his name is jamar chase they drafted him this year him and joe burrow that quarterback went to the same college. They went to LSU together. And so they've known each other, they've been roommates, they're best they're almost I think they're best friends like they have a really tight relationship dating back a long time. And so that relationship can be seen on the field because Joe Burrow just throws the ball and you know Jamar Chase knows where Joe Burrow is going to go with the football. And so the connection that those two have is pretty freaking cool and it dates back a while. They also have a great running back by the name of Joe Mixon. Cincinnati's defense and hasn't really been great. It's not the star-studded one like the Rams. They don't have like the big guys, the big stars, any of that. Um, but they're okay, you know. But how how did they get to the Super Bowl? Right? We talked them, that was the characters. How the hell did they get to the Super Bowl? They, yeah, you, know, you told me this team was not good. They were an underdog. They had a five and two start. Cincinnati Bengals popped off early in the season. People didn't see it coming. They won five, of seven games. They looked good. And then they lost momentum. They, they lost a couple really bad games. They started going up and down, up and down. Their quarterback started to struggle a little bit. Jamar Chase, that rookie wide receiver I was talking about, was starting to get a little figured out by defenses and so, you know, they scratched and clawed and scratched and clawed and found themselves at a ten and seven record and just squeaked into the playoffs with the five seed, I want to say. Or sorry, they they squeaked into the playoffs with a division victory in an ailing division that had a lot of injuries. And so they they found a way to make the playoffs with the four seed um and a ten and seven record. But no one expected them to make it far in the playoffs. Yeah, You're trying to notice the theme, right? Like, I'm like, I keep saying, like, the, no one expected it. No, I kid you not, knew nobody. For my non-sports fans, zilch. No one expected the Cincinnati Bengals to even be in this situation. This is insane of what they did. So let's talk about their playoff run. They had two huge wins in the playoffs. One in the divisional round against the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, and then followed that up with another huge win over Patrick Mahomes and the second-seeded Chiefs in an overtime thriller at Kansas City against Patrick Mahomes. They found a way to win. They were down in that game, too, and Joe Burrow came back. Joe Burrow, their young quarterback... The guy I was talking about that was kind of up and down during the season, he has found a way to absolutely come alive here in the playoffs. And it's been electric to watch him play. Jamar Chase has also, you know, found his groove here in the playoffs as well. And that connection has been just thriving. Um and it's again, Joe Burrow, he's been the big guy. He's been the big kind of story of this team. But I think from a if you're not a sports fan, right? If you're not a fan of anything um this is the team you want to support the, from pure non-perspective fan perspective and just pure storyline this is a team that apps like if you'd bet on them at the beginning of the season to make the super bowl people would have laughed at you and they would have said it's a bet that you would lose immediately but they have guys with swagger with attitude they're young they're fresh they're fun to watch and absolutely no one expects them to win the super bowl again they're interesting they're a lot of fun, and they're a great rooting interest. So I highly recommend for my non-sports fans, Cincinnati Bengals. They're the one you want to root for, not the Rams, because you know they have all the players. So we'll see. We'll see. Though they 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 had a run. Cincinnati Bengals have had to push through, push through a lot of adversity to get here. But now they're here. Now they're in the Super Bowl, and suddenly they have a fan base. And a city that has been starving for playoff games. And now they're finally in the Super Bowl. They're relevant again. It's the first time they've been in the Super Bowl since like 1980-something. Um, so almost 35, 40 years. They've won playoff games this year. And now suddenly they have a shot at a championship. To bring back to Cincinnati. A city that pretty much everyone in America considers an afterthought. Like, did you ever consider living in Cincinnati, bro? I'm just going to ask you guys, did you ever, any of you ever consider living in Cincinnati? I'll tell you I haven't. So that's it. Small market versus big market, diehard fan base versus no fan base, a team that no one expected to be here versus the team that everybody expected to be here. It's an interesting, interesting Super Bowl with a lot of storylines flowing through it. But let's listen, I talked about the major story. But let's talk about the the characters of the story, right? Because every story has really big characters. So let's kind of go through the characters. Let's start out with the NFC champions, the LA Rams. Let's talk about some of the characters on their team, right? Let's talk about them. There are a bunch of guys who, you know, are transplants from other organizations, guys who are proven vets, old, have had a lot of experience here in the NFL. Let's talk a little bit about them the quarterback, Matthew Stafford. He was acquired in the offseason when the Rams traded a bunch of future assets for him. He's got a really interesting southern boy type personality, grew up in Austin, Texas, went to the University of Georgia, um married his college sweetheart Kelly Stafford, uh and he was he's kind of one of those guys who's just very like he just looks like he's along for the ride, you know? He looks like one of the boys. Uh, he looks like a frat boy five or seven years down the line, um. And now, like he was, he was, and the thing is with Matthew Stafford, what's funny about this whole situation is he was at a Cincinnati-like situation before he ended up here in LA. But now this this guy, after a bunch of losing seasons and a career that people called you know a waste of a waste of a career, a waste of talent, he's now looking at a shot to win the Super Bowl. He could prove all his doubters that way back in Detroit, the team that traded for him, all wrong. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Then you have Odell Beckham Jr. He was the guy that came in the middle of the season. Week number 10 was his debut week. And his like I said, Odell Beckham Jr. He was a, He's a flashy wide receiver. He's had a couple really good seasons in New York. But then he was traded to Cleveland. And he really struggled in Cleveland. I don't know whether it was the cold. I don't know if it was the fact if his quarterback couldn't throw him the ball. But he struggled a lot. And he was the free agent, flashy wide receiver that came to this team in the middle of the season. He's had a weird pass with the media. A lot of people have called him a diva. A lot of people have called him hard to work with, a bad teammate, toxic. A lot of names. But now he finds himself in Los Angeles with Matthew Stafford Looking to prove all of his critics in the media wrong and getting a Super Bowl ring. Then you have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is a lot different than the rest of the Rams because he's been here a while. He's been here since 2017, I believe is when he was drafted. And he is known as being the quiet guy. He's the quiet, hard-working receiver who has a never-say-die attitude and is coming off one of the best receiving seasons of all time, partially due to the quarterback that they acquired. He was good in past seasons, but this season he's turned into the best wide receiver in all of football. And he hopes to carry this team like he has through the playoffs and through a lot of the regular season to a Super Bowl win. Then you have the defense, and you have guys like Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald's been here a while with Cooper Cup. He's the big defensive end who's basically in the NFL, known as being one of the best pass rushers, one of the best people to get to the quarterback. And he's one of the best game wreckers in all of football. He pressures the quarterback better than anybody else. And he's been on the Rams for a while, like I said. He's been in LA for a minute. He's a certified superstar. And the one thing he needs to add to his resume is that Super Bowl ring. Then you got Jalen Ramsey, the young, the young guy, as a young man, Jalen Ramsey was known for being extremely outspoken, very swagged out, one of the biggest trash talkers in the NFL, but he was traded here two years ago and he's, he was traded here partially because of those behavior concerns. Uh, He has, you know, gotten a lot better with his behavior, less of an attitude, I would say now. Um, but he's continued to be one of the best cornerbacks in football, and he continues to back up his trash talk all the time. But a Super Bowl ring? I mean, that would add to the mystique, I guess. Then you got Vaughn Miller. He's another one of the midseason acquisitions that I talked about. Him and Odell Beckham Jr. were both midseason acquisitions acquired around the same time. He was a star pass rusher. And actually, he's won a Super Bowl before. He won in Denver way back in 2016 in Santa Clara here in the Bay Area. But this one star pass rusher has aged. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of, you know, ankle problems. But the Rams traded for him midseason because they thought he could provide some help. And he has been a valuable contributor to the Rams. He won the Super Bowl once in 2016. Can he get a second ring and ride off into the sunset? I mean, let's be real. We'll have to see. So that was the cast of the LA Rams the guys you need to know, the need-to-know list. So let's go into the need-to-know list for the Cincinnati Bengals real quick. Okay. Let's start with the quarterback, the young man, Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, or Joe Shiesty. These are some of the few nicknames that you non-sports fans might hear him be referred to by the people at your Super Bowl party or by the people you interact with. Joe Burrow is the man of many nicknames. He's an absolute swagged-out second-year quarterback. Shows up to his conferences in Cartier glasses, shows up in you know really nice designer shirts, diamond rings, anything you can imagine. He was entering this season coming off an absolutely massive injury, one that I talked about, the absolutely terrible knee injury that he suffered his rookie year. But he has proven in these playoffs that he can absolutely ball out at the biggest stages, beating the number one and the number two seeds of the AFC. The real question is, can Joe Burrow do it again? Can he beat the NFC champion and hold up the Lombardi trophy? And maybe, can Joe Burrow turn into Joe Cool, a.k.a. Joe Montana? Time's going to tell. Let's see what happens. Then you got Jamar Chase the wide receiver that Joe Burrow has known since his college days. He's the rookie wide receiver. He doesn't have a lot of experience, but he sure makes up for it in his talent. He's my age. He's playing in the Super Bowl. He's had a stellar rookie season. Generational talent, as many people are calling him. And though he hasn't been as productive in these playoffs, he has been clutch and has made plays when it's mattered the most. So can he do it again? Let's see. Then you got Joe Mixon. The star running back for Cincinnati this year. He's been able to run the ball super effectively, and he's been proven to be a reliable weapon on the offense when the passing attack isn't working. He's known for his very fun touchdown dances, so look out for those if he runs the ball into the end zone, and his power running. Then, the one star on the defense, in my opinion, Trey Hendrickson, He's been the absolute star pass rusher here on Cincinnati and has been the man who has been getting to the quarterback and sacking, a.k.a. tackling the quarterback, the most. He stepped it up in the playoffs and he tore up the Chiefs' offensive line last week. He got Mahomes down a lot, and that was a huge deal. So we'll see if Trey Hendrickson can back up. his. He, so he had 15.5 sacks during the regular season. And in the playoffs, he's had quite a few more as well. So let's see if Trey Hendrickson can continue to do what he's been doing. But those questions will have to be answered later. Because I I don't know what the outcome of this game is going to be. And no one else does either. That's the beauty of sports. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So let's get into this. I know I talked a lot about all of that stuff and whatnot so we have to talk a little bit about uh sports betting for a second because i know there's gonna be a lot of you that are like i want to bet i want to spend my money and make more money listen honey people if you want to spend your money just invest it into a Roth IRA or a brokerage account and buy apple stock or something safe don't don't bet okay that's probably you know good discretionary advice i'm giving you But let me just give you a few rookie tips because there's a lot. The Super Bowl is the most bet on day of the year for a reason. It's the biggest day in sports. So let me give you all a few tips, okay? Don't just bet the plus if you want to bet on the favorite, okay? The plus means the underdog. The minus means the favorite. I know, it works kind of weirdly in betting. Uh, The favorite is always the minus. So if you see on your sports book, if it's like uh, LA minus four and a half, they're the favorite. Not Cincinnati, who's plus four and a half. That means you're betting on the underdog. Okay. So let me explain to you guys what the favorites and all that stuff is. So right now, if you want to bet right now, as of 12.04 a.m. on this Friday, the Rams are four and a half point favorites right now. This day, today, they're four and a half point favorites. So if you're betting on the spread, if you bet on the Rams today, minus four and a half, basically what you're betting on is that the, so basically what you, what will win you the bet is if the Rams win by four or more points. If they win by four or more points, you will guarantee yourself Whatever, you know, you'll you'll win the bet. So you'll get whatever money you you, know, you bet, whatever. I don't know what the odds are, how that all works. Then, but if you bet on Cincinnati, so Cincinnati will cover the spread if Cincinnati loses by four points or less, or if Cincinnati wins by any amount, since they're the underdog. So if Cincinnati wins by one point, you win. Because you bet on Cincinnati. But if Cincinnati wins by four, but if Cincinnati loses by seven points, you don't cover the spread because they lost by seven points. But if they lose by a field goal, which is three points, then you cover. So then you win. So you have a little bit more flexibility when you bet on the underdog. That's the idea. Um, But that's the basic bet that I feel like everybody, a lot of people make is the spread. Uh, If you're not betting the spread, you can also bet money line. I believe Cincinnati is a plus 200, which. I don't know how the mathematical stuff calculates there, but it's something there. Uh, but you would be earning a, you know, some certain amount of money if you put down ten bucks. You know, you would earn an X amount of money. I don't know exactly how that works. So if you're betting that you could uh, money line, I think Cincinnati's plus two hundred and the Rams are minus two fifty, I believe. So yeah, well, I don't know what exactly the mathematical calculations for that are. I suggest you look them up before you actually place a bet. So yeah. Other bets that you can do include the color of the Gatorade. These are like prop bets. Um, Who scores first? Uh, Like if there's going to be a streaker at the Super Bowl, like shit that happened last year, you know, where there's like a naked guy that like ran down from the stands or something. Uh, So like those are kind of just like a chance game, just like fun, pop bets, you know, whatever. You can just do those for fun. But those are also all options for you as well. Um, Let me give you a quick discretionary. I don't recommend, like, I personally will be betting on the Super Bowl, but like, not, you know, anything crazy. Just be responsible with your money. Don't lose all your money. Um, don't lose your house. Be smart and, you know, use your general knowledge. And I think you'll be fine with betting. Yeah. Okay. Listen, we have way more we want to talk about. So we got to get into that. But I got to get my prediction first. I got to get my prediction first. Listen, I know the halftime show is important, but. It, uh, let me give like the quick rundown on the halftime show first before I talk about the uh, Super Bowl. Halftime show is Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar, a.k.a. It's an L.A. hip-hop show. That's basically what it is, except Eminem's from Detroit, uh, which is kind of funny because L.A.'s quarterback was from Detroit. Anyway, there are a lot of parallels. Point being, it's a rap show. Um, I personally don't like talking about the Super Bowl halftime show because I believe it's bull. And I believe a lot of it is, uh, you know, a lot of those shows are they're pretty mid, in my opinion, at least watching them on TV. I've never really watched one in person because I've never been to a Super Bowl. Um, I've also always had a theory about the Super Bowl halftime show, which I'll reveal real quick. I think every time an artist does the halftime show, their career is either at the absolute pinnacle that it's ever going to be at or their career is about to end. For the case of a lot of these artists, not Kendrick Lamar, but Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, uh, their careers are on the decline. I would say so. So I think, I think it's just a good, you know, good moment. Um, but yeah, Super Bowl halftime. So that's a Super Bowl halftime show. That's what's going on. Um, I, I heard that they don't get paid, which is kind of crazy. That's kind of cool. Um so they basically just do it because they are basing it all on the fact that they think they're going to, you know, just get shit tons of album sales, which is interesting. So yeah, but anyway, Super Bowl prediction, Super Bowl prediction. Here's the deal. Here's how I feel about Super Bowl. Here's how I feel about the Super Bowl. The Bowl baby, the Bowl. Here's how I feel. Okay, so I, I know I talked about how the Rams have a lot of these stars. And they got all the players that you would ever want, right? All these guys who, you know, they're the stars. You know the story. You know, they they got these mid, mid-season acquisitions of all these great guys. And, you know, and I told you all the stories of both. But... I'm going to go against everything I said because I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I think Cincinnati is going to find a way to win this game and cap off the ultimate underdog story that none of us expect. I think they're going to win this game 30-24. to I will never, ever bet against Joe Burr, Joe Scheisty, Joe Cartier Glasses. I won't bet against him because um, I bet against him twice this playoffs. I've been wrong both times. Uh, he's found a way to come through. I really like the guy. He seems like a very grounded dude, but he's also got a little swag to him. I want to see him do good. I want to see that attitude uh, shine through. But also, the real reason I'm betting against uh, the fucking Los Angeles Rams is because fuck them. They beat my team. They beat my team two weeks ago. It should be the 49ers versus the Bengals, and I'd be just shit-talking Joe Burrow all podcast long. But no, no. They were like, oh, we would have win. win. Whatever, dude. Fuck the Rams. That's why I'm betting against them. They ain't a real team. Who the f- – LA doesn't have real sports fans. What the hell? Real football fans. They have like two fans. The team got there like three years ago. Anyway, I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not talking unobjectively. We're nuanced here. Um, but I, I really hope for the sake of the city of Cincinnati that they give them something to root for. Um, I really like small market teams as someone who's from a big market, supposedly it's like weird. The Bay area is like, I, I consider it to be like a small big market in that like we act like we're a small market, but we are a big market team. San Francisco is huge, got big influence. Um, but I, I really like small market teams. I, Cause I, I think that the attitude behind the teams and I think the fan bases are really cool. Um, and I really want them to, to win a championship and let their fans get that championship that they wanted. Um, and most of America is rooting for Cincinnati right now. Um, but in uh, my head, it's telling me the Rams should win, but I'm going to go with my heart because Cincinnati Bengals, baby, Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals all day, every day, all day, every day. Okay. So that was my Super Bowl breakdown of everything that I believe is going to go down here um, and kind of breaking it down for all the non-sports fans uh, out there, you know, (laughs) and also throwing in my little Super Bowl prediction at the end. I have come to the decision that it is late now um, and I have half, I still have like a shit ton of stuff I want to talk about. Um, So I'm going to probably have to do what I did last time and do to call an audible, do a 0.5 episode about Valentine's day, because I did my whole episode about super bowl and breaking that all down. And I gave you guys the updates as well. So I think I'm going to do another episode on the Valentine's day stuff. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the origins and all of that stuff. It'll, it'll actually be a lot of fun. Uh, so, if you guys would join me for that, I would really, really appreciate it. I'm so sorry I've had to break these up into two parts. This is getting fucking ridiculous. My, I need to replace my computer battery at some point. Um, but thank you guys so much. I appreciate every single one of you. If you guys are leaving after this episode, please don't leave. Just turn on the other one. It's going to be right above or something like that. So, um, thank you guys. Appreciate all of you. Like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, you know the drill. If you're on Spotify, you can go ahead and hit the follow button. Um, and I'll be back. Okay, like I'll be back in, you know, the next episode. So, you know, I'm going to like see me. You're going to see me like very, very soon if you click on the next episode. I promise it's a good episode. Um because we're talking all about Valentine's Day and love and I get to shit on love and be like, "What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more." Right? Dude, I'm telling you the Valentine's Day episode's it's good. It's good. I like I really did a lot of work researching for that. So, I'm going to be doing that right very soon i'll probably take off this jersey you'll probably see me sipping coffee because i'll be recording it in the morning it's fucking late and i'm tired so probably won't do it right now but i will record in the morning i appreciate you guys thank you guys so much for tuning in love y'all uh and yeah part guys enjoyed my super bowl breakdown i thought this was fun so peace everybody love all y'all and tune in to the next episode coming out soon